get started. Today is Daf Kof Lamid in Mesachas Tamid. And yesterday was Kof Tes. So we're going to do a review of yesterday's Daf, of Daf Kof Tes, and get to today's Daf. We are learning Lili Nishmas, Prima Bashmol Shimon, Meir Nishama Benalia, and also Naftali Yosef, Ben Chaim Nisra Levi, as well as Daniel Barnett Baruch, Ben Yudaleib, Ve'emi. And. let us get started on our review um, where we left off. We were in the Mishnah on, uh, Daf, on, in the beginning of the Perik, and we started off yesterday in the middle of the Mishnah talking about the Atse Marocha, uh, the wood of the, of the arrangement, and they said that actually all wood was acceptable, but uh, the only two woods that they did not use was the from the grapevine and from the olive, but there was preferences, and the preferences were for fig wood, for walnut wood, and for eitz shemen. Eitz shemen is not very well defined, but it's apparently a high oil content that lights like a candle. Anyway, they arranged a, a large arrangement of the wood on the eastern side. There was a window that was created on the eastern side. And uh, then the um, uh, and the and the ends of the xirin would actually the innermost pieces of those pieces of wood were touching the large uh, pile of ash that was in the center. There was a space between the pieces of wood. They were kept not exactly uh, touching, and that was. Uh, for the purpose of being able to light it with the small kindling. Um, from there, they would take um, the ver- some very good fig wood and uh, arrange the Marach which is the second, uh, the second arrangement, which was used for the Ketoros, for the, for the incense. Um, where was that second one placed? In the southwestern part not exactly southwest, a little bit towards the north, about four amas up from the end, um, and it was around five sa'ah of coals, and on Shabbos they had extra coals, and it was around eight sa'ah of coals, um, where they would place the two uh, spoons, because that's when they would burn, that's where they would burn the two spoons of uh, frankincense from the showbread. The limbs and fats that were removed off the side were now placed back on top of the marocha, and then they would light the um, then they would light the um, two marachos with fire, and then they would go down into the lishkasagazes. That's the end of the mishnah. So um, the rabbi says that the, the, when we said earlier in the beginning of the mishnah that there were three hundred kor. Um, um, of worth of ash in the center, that's an exaggeration. Okay. Um, then it says that they uh, uh, gave the the tamid to drink with the kosher zav. So Rav says that too was an exaggeration. It wasn't made out of a golden goblet. Rav Ami said that uh, we find the Torah using exaggerated expressions. The Nevi'im using exaggerated expressions, and the Chacham using exaggerated expressions in the Torah. Um, we find the pasuk Arim Gedolos Uvitzuros Bashamayim, which uh, it wasn't literally in heaven; it was just very big cities. 
um, is a guzma. Um, the Chachamim, we used our source over here in our Mishnah, Tapuach, and giving the Tamad to drink with the Koshal Zav. In the Nevi'im, it was also a divrei Lashon Avai, because it says that everyone would be singing, the nation was playing instruments and music, and uh, the, that was at the inauguration of the base of Migdash, and the ground cracked to the sound, it was so loud. Everybody or just the Levine? No, this is, this is in the, this was a special celebration, it wasn't only the Levine, this was in the inauguration of the base of Migdash. It was a huge amount. Yeah, there was a ton of instrumentation, it was a huge uh, party. And uh, so loud that the, it says the ground cracked the voices. It didn't actually crack. It was an exaggeration. Rav Bar Nachmeni says the name of Shmuel that there are three places in the Chachamim that they exaggerated. Here in Tapuach, by the case of the Geffen and by the Parochas. And this is uh, countering Rav's opinion because uh, uh, we learned in the Mishnah that they gave the Tamid to drink in the Koshal Zav, Rabbah says that was an exaggeration, and Shmuel holds that's not an exaggeration. They was, because that would be Enani Yisbemak Mashiach, there's no reason not to use uh, gold. So I just want to uh, address a question that somebody asked last night. Don't we find the concept that Torah Chassal Ramon and Shal Yisrael, the Torah feels bad, and we had uh, other examples so where do we draw, like, we have two conflicting principles. <clears throat> On the one hand, the Torah specifically used, utilizes material that are, um, that are stronger, even if it's not as beautiful, because Torah uh, feels bad about a waste of uh, the Jewish money. And here, we're, we're more concerned about the you want to show wealth and not look, appear poor. So they're conflicting principles. So the answer, I think this is the right answer, is that uh, actually they're both correct principles and, um, and, they're, and, they're, and there's a difference. When it's a question of waste, then we, meaning um, it gets used up. So in other words, to use a gold, uh, a gold shovel on a daily basis where it gets, it's not the strongest of metals and it'll get worn down, uh, then it's not a good idea. So that's why they would use a stronger metal like silver or something else. Um, as opposed to over here where you know there's nothing, no damage that's going to happen if it's made out of gold. So then the principle of Ananias Malkamashiris would apply. So that's perhaps the difference. All right, anyway. Um, then we said, okay, what were the other two examples? We had one that was our Mishnah, Tabuch was from the Mishnah. What about the Geffen and the Prochet? So the Geffen is, uh, is actually quite a... Um, Yudha gave me his Gemara, which has some really nice pictures in the back. Artist renditions of, the, of what went on. So um, they had uh, some very uh, nice pictures of the uh, Geffen. Okay, so here's the, I don't know if you could see it, but uh, there was a grapevine made out of gold where people could make a donation and anyone who can donate either a leaf or a, or a single grape or a cluster of grapes and hang it on and that would be the donation. And uh, there was a story where Blazer Bitsalik says that there was, they counted 300 kanim necessary to uh, clear to clear it away because it was so much gold that was donated, 
um, which we're saying was actually exaggeration, wasn't quite as many. Um, that brought us to the next thing, which is the proches. Where was the exaggeration by the proches? The Mishnah tells us that uh, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel said in the name of Rabbi Shimon Haskan that the proches was uh, a tefach thick. It was 72 uh, um, um, strings or nimin uh, that was woven, um, and every uh, nima had 24 chutin, so it was extremely thick. Um, and its length was 40 amas, and its width was 20 amas. And uh, there's 82, uh, 10,000, or whatever, it sounds like 820,000, either in terms of the cost or the people needed to produce this. They made two every year, and it took 300 koanim to dip it. So I, uh, mm-hmm. to dip it. Immerse it in mikvah. To dip it in the mikvah. Oh. Uh, to immerse it. So um, I did, so what my cousin said yesterday, I did the math and I figured out what, uh, what was the correct by working backwards. Okay, so um, if you're looking at the perimeter of 40 by 20 by 40 by 20, so add that up, that's the perimeter of the, um, of the prochas. And you um, and since it's and 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 you would multiply that by five because so you just really add add up those numbers so it's so it's forty and forty is eighty plus another forty is one twenty so it's one twenty all around if you multiply that by five because each one was five tfachim so that would be six hundred tfachim okay so what because um, each one was five tfachim what each one was five each ama the ama some there are different kinds of amas. So there is six tefachamas in the binyan, and then the kelim were five tefachamas. Okay. The purpose of uh, dipping the parochas is to wash it? To, to, no, as a mikvah, to purify it. To purify it? But they were saying if it came tummy. But because of all the blood, we you throw. No, no, no. They that that was that wasn't to wash it. That was they 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 the parochas here. That was the reason why they had to replace it every twice a year. Was for a different purpose because uh, it would get smoke damage. You know, the smoke would be coming into it, and uh, so they wanted to keep it fresh, which is an amazing thing that they made this. You know, they had to keep it. Uh... Anyway, point is, there's six hundred tefachim all around. What are you listening? So, if three hundred kanim with two hands each, that would be six hundred tefachim all around. There's enough perimeter for for three hundred for three hundred. Men. Was huge. Right, but I'm just saying it would, it, it's physically possible to have that many. That's the number. Not that it actually needed that many, but it's physically possible to have that many Kohanim doing that. That was the maximum amount that they could have. Right, that's all. I just figured out the math. Okay, that's all. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I'll take your word for it. What? Yeah, man. 120. I just said 120. Multiply that by five. So 100 times 5 is 500. 20 times 5 is another 100. That's 600. 600 tefachim is each hand. There's a tefach, so there's t- each coin has two hands. That's so there. room for their hands, but what about their bodies next to each other? No, so they would be holding it in front and then dipping and lifting. Okay, I mean, it's possible. That's okay. all we're saying, okay? It's physically possible. You're right. It did not take all 300. It was an exaggeration. Don't go crazy. Okay. <laughs> All right.
But that's a maximum that it could possibly be. That's right. right. It's just interesting. Okay. Next is um, then they would uh, um, the the next step was they would bring the xerim back onto the arrangement, and uh, we mentioned that there was two woods that were not acceptable. That was olive and grapevine wood. Now the question is, what's wrong with those woods? So there's a few answers. First is Rapapa's answer. He says because it's smoky. They produce a lot of smoke. We don't like smoky wood. Uh, Rav Chabar uh, Yaakov says that it's because of Yishev Eretz Yisrael because these help out and we need the wood, we need the grapevines and if people, if we're going to use the grape wood from the grapevine, then there won't be enough grapes for our needs and there won't be enough olives for our needs if you're going to use olive wood. So even though those woods might be very useful, but we're not going to use them. So the Gemara asks a question is that uh, um, it mentions the eitzim asher aloish, eitzim that are that are appropriate for fire, and that's uh, meaning they're uh, shaped that way. They were made into um, spits um, that don't produce uh, smoke, and if they do, it would be from the inside and not um, um, anyway. Um, and are all wood acceptable? The answer is yes, but they not the olive and not the grape. The preference was Marbio Shoteina, Egos, and Eitz Shemen. And then Rebliezer adds on that there were other uh, woods that they didn't like the wood of Mayish, Alone, Oak Wood, and Dekel Palm. Charov is Carob, and Shikma is Sycamore. Okay? Those woods are also didn't like. Now, if you say the reason is because of smoke, so then I understand the two sides of the equation. One opinion is, is that um, even though it doesn't produce smoke from the inside, but it does have produce smoke with the bark, meaning those have barks that are, that are smoke-inducing more. What? And that's why they're exclusive. I don't see smoke here. Though. Aren't you are not... Knots. Knots. K-N-O-T-S. Knots. Yeah, it's one and the same. Okay? Okay. Either it produces a lot of ash. There's a lot of commentary what that means. It has a lot of knots in it. If it has a lot of knots, then it ele- it keeps moisture, locks some moisture into the knot, and if it locks moisture into the knot, it helps. It makes more smoke. That's uh, it doesn't burn well. Right? It doesn't it burn well. Smoke, right? It won't two, burn. Yeah, well. two, two, two definitions and two reasons. And there's basically knots or smoke. Right. There's more than one reason. Right. I just went with the smoke one, but I mean, whatever. You're right. But some say it's one and the same. It's the I'm looking for, for smoker, I'd say smoker. They'd go the notch direction. Alternatively. Yeah, in the, in the notes, it says, yeah. yeah. It's in the notes, yeah, okay. I'm just saying, okay. Yeah, all right. Anyway, um, um, anyway, the bottom line is, um, but uh, there's the difference between the inside and the outside, and that's the reason why they wouldn't bring it. But the other opinion is, um, okay, so the bottom line is, two sides make sense. It could be that one is the bark is the issue, not in the main part, and that's why they don't worry about it. And the other one is, well, um, um, well, since the bark is an issue, we don't accept it either. But uh, the question is, according to the opinion of Yishev Eretz Yisrael, who doesn't need palm trees? After all, they produce the dates. So the Gemara says, that's not, um, what do you mean? And what about figs? Don't figs, fig, a fig tree produces figs also. So the answer is, just like by figs, you'll tell me the answer. We're talking about a fig tree that is non-fruit producing. So two palm trees, there are different types of palms. There are palms that aren't fruit fruit-bearing palms. Um, 
And um, since when uh, is there fig trees that don't produce fruit? The answer is absolutely there are. And apparently there was a particular method that they would take from a very uh, type of, they would take a branch off a white uh, fig tree which does not produce good fruit and then they would rub it with a certain rope from palm trees um, and it would scrape off the bark and then they would bury the branch in a place where there's a lot of water, constant water, which is uh, right off the side of the ocean and uh, it would grow and, um, and it would not produce fruit but the beams would be exceptionally strong beams. So it like, put, puts all its strength into its wood and it's so, so strong that three, um, three beams would be, uh, would be too heavy for the bridge to uh, carry. Um, that's how that's how long they were, something like that, or so strong. I don't know how to explain it. What? Whatever. Anyway, so that's the story. All right, and that was where we got up to yesterday. So one second, let me just.